0: Hi, Eric Goldwine here from LTCCC's Nursing Home 411 podcast. Today, we're going to talk about tech. Resources like Zoom, FaceTime, Alexa, even TikTok can open a world of possibilities and help us stay connected. Unfortunately, these resources can be challenging and overwhelming for many older adults, including those in nursing homes. The good news is it doesn't have to be that way. Stefano Solorio is a 23-year-old founder and CEO of CareVocacy, a company that provides tech tutoring for seniors. In the interview, we chat about how and why we should empower older adults to use technology, whether it's to video chat with family, listen to music, post on TikTok, or play Wordle. You'll also hear from Stefan Foster, LTCCC policy intern and a nursing home ombudsman in New York State, about the tech barriers facing residents in nursing homes. We hope you enjoy the interview. Here's our music by Silverman Sound Studios. I am here with Steph. Stefano Solario, we can say it however we want, but as long as we say it with an F and not a PH. Uh, Stefano, it's great to have you on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you for having me. Uh, I'm glad to be here and share a lot about uh, digital literacy and how it affects a lot of our older adults.
0: So, I, I met some, some background. Uh, I think I met Stefano through it, this app called Clubhouse back in um November 2021 yeah, wow. uh, uh I don't know I don't know if, it, if people still use this app but it, Clubhouse is like this audio chat room where uh people discuss certain topics and I, I noticed this uh, Stefano Solario uh ended up following him on Twitter uh, learning about his organization Care advocacy right and since then I've I've Starting to learn more about his work uh, tutoring older adults. and there was one story that that he shared on on Twitter that I'm going to a- a- ask Stefano to retell. It involves a Wordle, it involves an older older woman and a, and uh, who's called a learner. And I I'll let you take it from there. You're you're in the process of tutoring this this woman how to use how to use computer, how to play Wordle. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, thank you, Eric, for that. I'm I'm glad that you're able to give some context. I completely forgot about (laughs) About how we actually first met. And the tweet that you're referring to was an interesting tweet that I shared because uh, during that time, I don't think a lot of people now play Wordle. But uh, a few months ago, a lot of people were really, really hyped up about Wordle. And you know, my, I was working with one of our learners. Uh, she was a, a, a cur- she's a current learner subscriber to our to our program to our platform, and I thought it would have been a good idea to introduce the world game to her. She was looking for something to do while she was learning how to use the computer, and so I put up Wordle, and we were trying to figure out what the word was, um, and then. At the end of it, I think, I think we did figure it out or we did not actually no, we didn't figure it out I think that was the funny part about it. And the word that ended up being the wordle of the day, the word of the day was the word elder and I thought that was so um, coincidental of what we were doing and it was a great bridge of look I'm, we're introducing technology uh, through a game on the computer. But also the fact that the word of that day was "elder," and I thought that was such a, a interesting story to share. It was very, very um, true to what the to true to the work that we were doing.
0: And so, and just just for some more context, Wordle is this like little word game where you you get five or six chances to guess a six letter word. There's a green block if the letter's right, yellow if the letter is in there but not the right right place red if it's not in there and this is a game that most people play um but not most people but a lot of people play but there are some populations that this game probably did not reach and one of those populations are um the older adults who might not uh be following social media feeds who might not have uh, the tech literacy the digital literacy to be part of this community experience and that's uh it's a real problem. It's a digital divide that uh, expands beyond word games. It expands. It expands to um, access to information, to health resources. Uh, it. It really is a broad problem. And what you, what your work does is uh, is help bridge that gap, bridge that digital divide. Can you talk about how you started to identify this problem?
1: I'll say, I'll start by saying this from a kind of a macro level of, you know, digital literacy in general for older adults, right? Or what does that mean at all? Um, I think ultimately, when we think about digital literacy, we're talking about, you know, educating older populations and how to use technology so they can be either independent, connected, or, you know, be able to have opportunities that never thought it would be possible because of the fact that they could use uh, technology to do so. Um, and so even even before I launched our, our company, um, which happened during the pandemic, uh, a lot of th- initiatives and programs and organizations were already working on digital literacy it's definitely been a conversation before the pandemic but i think because of the pandemic it also has uh made it more of an emphasized problem than ever I think a lot of either nursing homes or communities or organizations said to themselves uh, and asked themselves saying, why aren't we having our seniors on on some sort of platform, on some sort of Zoom, some sort of video call, or some sort of application to streamline communication. And so, you know, digital literacy as a whole is a continually evolving topic because every day every month there's a new update a new upgrade on technology and how do you introduce that to a population who has never been used to that kind of technology or to that kind of invention or innovation before is a conversation that we're definitely participating in and uh, we're doing that because it's a big problem to solve we're looking at millions of older adults who unfortunately don't have access to digital literacy Uh, And that can contribute to a lot of things, whether, you know, um, putting up barriers, for example, applying for housing, food, um, online banking, those are some of the things that sometimes seniors aren't able to do because of their lack of digital literacy and, and I got myself into it because honestly, uh, have being 23, I've always been the individual who has been asked on how to use technology, I think everybody who is either a millennial, Gen Z, or even our parents have been asked how to actually use an iPad or an iPhone. And, you know, it was a very common thing growing up for me. And it wasn't until my personal experience as a caregiver to my grandma who has Alzheimer's kind of drove me to thinking about, you know, technology and innovation for older adults, specifically for caregivers like myself, but I think it's more so transition to, you know, putting the power into our seniors and giving them the opportunity to do so by learning and getting more education around technology. And that's really where I was uh, uh, kind of took my inspiration from and a lot of combination of like learning and a lot of pivots during the pandemic to ultimately where we Uh, fortunately have a a platform that is able to match uh, senior citizens with online tech tutors. And I think it's a continually a a learning journey for all of us, not only for the learners themselves, but then also our team who are consistently trying to create curriculum that's engaging and really uh, current to what is the need for our older adults.
0: Thanks. And where are some of these gaps? Is it not knowing how to log onto a website? Is it with email? Uh, is it uh, uh, downloading a PDF? What are some of the common gaps you see and, and try to um, try to educate on?
1: You know, it, it varies for each individual. Um, specifically, uh, we have two models that we work with. So, uh, so we, we, when I speak about learners, we speak about those individuals who uh, taken upon a kind of a subscription that we have to learn uh, a variety of things so for example we have a 92 year old who's learning how to use TikTok. we have a 75 year old who's learning how to use google sheets or uh, microsoft excel we have early retirees who uh, didn't want to be defined by their you know uh, job status that they want to continually to learn new things or we have you know uh, agents who are trying to figure out how to use google calendar because that's a real estate agent who wants to use Google calendars because that's how the world works now. And so it varies. Um, I think the biggest things that they've kind of learned from us is either through online safety, um, how to decipher whether the information that you see online is factual or not is something that's very popular. Uh, some of the things they've been learning. Um, being able to access online banking is also an important thing. I think sometimes older adults as we age, it, it happens, right? We have we run into issues that sometimes we're not able to, you know, be the ones to handle our finances. So it's left to either loved ones to do so. Um, but giving that opportunity to educate on how to actually, you know, have access to that can be very helpful for them. And so it, it really varies. And then when we work with uh, organizations like healthcare payers or providers, we work with the organization and the physician to understand what their current patients are needing. So for example, if they need assistance in learning how to use telehealth or are responding, like for example, going through their health portal, that's also some of the things that we've done to assist uh, seniors. And those are kind of the gaps, right? Like I would say those are the, some of the things that people on our platform have, have learned and gained from our tech tutors.
0: We're here with a Stefano and a Stefan. Stefan Foster is LTCCC's policy intern, and he's a long-term care ombudsman. So he will go into nursing homes uh, and kind of see see these digital divides um, in, in action. Stefan, uh, how do you see the, this gap manifest? Are there are there times where you see the tech literacy playing a role in Uh, in the health outcomes or just the general outcomes of residents in
2: nursing homes? Uh, I do see that uh, very often in nursing homes where one resident that has been empowered with uh, digital literacy and uh, like an iPad was mentioned often has a lot of the downtime um, filled with things that they enjoy, whether it is Uh, the music that they used to listen to because they've learned how to use YouTube or um, photos of grandchildren or family. So there's universes of entertainment and things to occupy the mind that otherwise have been left behind um, when somebody has to become a long-term care resident. So just seeing it play out that way is remarkable, and I can only hope that more residents are having access to iPads. And with communication, the the ability to access family members uh, outside of the facility is huge, and it's often... Um, not restricted, but it can be difficult to do if you are in a nursing home that doesn't have a a great procedure in place where, you know, if, if it's one concierge in an entire facility during the pandemic of residents is trying to have a video call with family, a lot of that wasn't happening effectively. And had only every resident had their own iPad, um, who could have that ability to learn how to use it. And just reserve the concierge more so for those who couldn't, there's ways that I think it could be streamlined to give people more communication to the outside mm-hmm. world.
0: Right. And it seems like like you alluded to this, but sometimes it's it, there's just external barriers, whether it's the number of iPads, whether it's some of this technology is not catered to 80-something-year-olds, whether it's the size of the keys or the font. Uh, so there's, there's really this structural, a lot of structural factors working against. Um, and I can understand why a company would, oh, uh, else equal what the 16 year old versus the 83 year old. Cause the 16 year old is a, is a potential, uh, a customer for decades and decades. And just the nature of a, of a lifespan, the older adult might not be as lucrative a, um, I actually,
1: I actually have a counter on that. All
2: right, bring it on.
1: Yeah. Um, No, and 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 it's funny that you say that, though, Eric. Uh, Interestingly enough, old older Americans, and I'm looking, I'm remembering a study that was done by ARP. uh, In the in the next kind of five years, we're looking at a lot of this technology spend around fifty four billion dollars are by older Americans, I believe, around technology. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, if you're working with seniors, they they have one of the highest disposable income, right? And they have a lot of family where they're willing to purchase a device for their loved ones. In a sense, it may not be them to be the one to use it necessarily. But um, they're definitely the the highest purchasers of technology, uh, especially when it's consumer technology. Um, They're not the most highest uses user of technology. But uh, I, I wouldn't say they're they're not they're not left out of the conversation just yet.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so I got to hear about this 92 year old on TikTok.
1: Well, by the way, before we, before I share that, I, I, I wanted to also share to to your listeners um, because I was in preparation for this for this and, and also in relation to your organization, what you're doing. Um, consumerfinance.gov has an amazing uh, resource, actually. If you look up on Google, um, protecting uh, older adults from fraud and financial exploit- exploitation, there's a, actually a guide for nursing homes on actually helping older adults in their communities to prevent uh, 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 financial fraud. And so, um, and it, you, I mean, all I think nursing communities, staff members, um, have a, play, a, a role to play in protecting older adults. And it's still a form of digital literacy education, right? Um, introducing that, the things that they can do to prevent that uh, is a big problem because financial fraud is, is definitely the most common elder abuse, uh, form of doing it. So, um, I thought that was just a kind of a, a nugget I wanted to share because of, of what Stefan just kind of mentioned about, about that. And so, yeah, I, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, but the two Real Tech Talk, honestly, uh that came so naturally, he was he, he was the one that kind of initiated the conversation, actually. Um, and what you see on our post is you see a lot of me doing the physical part of it. But a lot of, again, we have a platform that's done all online. And so um, what you don't see is 15 tech tutors on our team working with older adults online, trying to learn a variety of topics. But uh, that that that's that is a very specific case of where someone his age uh, just wanted to start learning how to do that um this was a man who served in our country and as well as uh was an actor a performer all these things and basically he just has a new stage for all, to do that so um that's that's why he wanted to learn how to use tiktok
0: and we're we're going a little out of order because I did want to to get into the kind of nefarious parts of this the 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 fraud financial fraud and the targeting yeah. of elderly and older adults especially because uh, we we work with a vulnerable population of uh, these phishing scams that are everywhere i get texts every other day how are you or or just they, they kind of look real they say it's from amazon and our my package is is there, just click on this link. To, but there's all sorts of things that uh, anybody can um, be susceptible to falling for. What, what are some tips you provide for, uh, for the people that you work with in terms of detecting this, this fraud, in terms of avoiding it, in terms of responding or not responding to it?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you for that question, Eric. Um, And I want to reiterate what you just said that anybody and everybody can be susceptible to financial abuse or financial fraud um, or any scam that's happening online right now. So it's not a, it's not an age thing. It's not a technology thing. I think it's just an education problem. Um, I think if you're not exposed to the fact that there are ways to trick you, for example, email scams or text messaging scams and things like that, then, that is clearly why a lot of our older adults can fall into that it's it's a new it's a new problem right it's not something you can physically see or, or, or um, anticipate, especially when you're not used to technology. Now if it's a very common thing and you know it's a, a person from a scam, then we we try to make sure we either teach them how to block that number how to unsubscribe from that newsletter how to do things to to it as a spam on the phone or on the computer. So there's a lot of things that you can do to do that. Um, and then also if it's someone who's, you know, if you feel like it's, a, if it's a, a a government that's trying to get something from you, just know that there are certain organizations that will not, never directly call you. For example, we had someone who unfortunately got a phone call from Amazon um, that was saying that, oh, here you owe us this or that. Amazon will not call you. <laughs> Amazon or large organizations will not call you directly. Uh, And so that will also happen with such as the IRS or other bigger organizations. They will not try to call directly to the consumer. Um, I think, I think whenever someone always has a uh, ultimatum, if that makes sense, like for example, if you don't pay up, or if you don't do this, this will happen to your account. I, that is uh, an immediate red flag because, you know, it, it, Most businesses don't work that way. I think that's more of a fear tactic that they try to do to make you make those decisions immediately. Um, We had one of our learners who unfortunately almost got into uh, uh, into that because someone told her that she had to purchase an IP address and the website that she had to purchase it from costed a $100,000 per IP address. you don't purchase IP address, you know that's not a thing that you do, and so those are just some of the things that uh, I think seniors should think about or nursing homes should think about if somebody poses some sort of ultimatum that you you have to do this to do that. I think that's a immediate immediate red flag.
0: We've come a long or unfortunately, uh, the phishing community has come a long way since the Nigerian prints uh, kind of kind of scams and it's it's really become more. Complex and I, uh, I I see it continuing to go in in that direction. Unfortunately, so we need to arm our whole population, but uh, but certainly our older adults and elderly with all the tools they need to um, to mitigate any any risk of this kind of fraud. Let's let's end the discussion on a on a on a happier note. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get into the, the what do you guests? mean? Elder the
1: financial guests. fraud <laughs> is a happy topic. See, that's that's yeah. the that's the thing, Eric. That's 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 the thing that we're trying to challenge. These conversations yeah. should be an engaging and fun conversation to have. Every yeah. time we every time we have a senior that we work with, and and unfortunately they do go through these, some of the things, and it happens a lot, even though they've gone through our sessions. Um, we, we, we always turn it into a learning lesson, but a fun one, right? Because I think, you know, the, the conversation about, you know, older adults and technology has always been a negative topic, right? Either because you're the one teaching it to them and that experience is horrible, or the person who's getting that information education feels like they're being inferior or confused or uh, un- unheard because of that. We're trying to change that. At least that's what I try to tell our team, which is like, let's turn it up to a point where we can, you know, move forward and learn from that. So it's, it's funny that you said that. I, I think it's, it's a happy happy topic. I know that sounds really probably horrible, but I do think I do think it's it's a it's definitely a switch to the conversation.
0: Right. It's kind of a tone of 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 your work, but it, it seems like it's less teacher. Tutor, and it's more, it seems like you're more collaborative and, it, and when you're working with a, I don't even want to call them a, a, a customer or a, or a client, it seems like it's, it, what you do seems to be more of a team effort and more empowering rather than a teacher giving you this lesson and then doing some, some homework. Can you talk about the importance in terms of empowering the learner rather than just uh, making it like a, 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 just a basic tutoring session?
1: Yeah, I you know, it's uh, teaching, educating. Anyone is a can be a very mundane and um, arduous task. But when we come into it with a mindset that, hey, this is a person, an older adult who has decided to invest in themselves to learn technology, you have to kind of think about and say, imagine all the experiences that this person has had with technology the negative or the positive and yet even though they have experienced all of that they still want to learn i respect that individual very much so because imagine all the years that they've lived experiencing that the technology has either pushed them away because the the user interface is not so friendly or when they have a, a grandson or grandchild or grand granddaughter that kind of like says, grandma, grandpa, you're not, you're not learning it fast enough. And yet they still come back and learn. So that's why we empower them because they've decided to do so regardless of all the stuff that they've dealt with or experienced. And, you know, the hardest part of our job isn't even really actually teaching the technology, it's actually making sure we become almost like a friend, a companion or a a therapist, because, you know, technology can be very intimidating. And so, you know, our learners come in because they made that decision, not because someone has enforced it on them, not because the organization they're part of. Um, tells them to do so. It's because they innately understand the value that they get through our sessions. And then you spoke about a little bit in the beginning of our conversation, you know, about um, addressing health issues and things like that. Uh, You know, we're, as I mentioned, we're working with healthcare payers and providers, uh, specifically with Humana, uh, through their subsidiaries to, to provide that kind of atmosphere, that kind of new way to experience technology. Um, And so one of those things is how do we address social determinants of health, right? Those are kind of the topics that we're touching on. And so if if a one-hour tutor session about technology can do that, I I, I, I would hope so that that would be kind of the experience of empowerment that they can get.
0: Great. Thanks. And yeah, there's all sorts of research about the, about the this isn't just an idea you're making up, there are all sorts of research backing the benefits of tech literacy course, yeah. and, and health. You've seen it anecdotally, but there's some um, larger bodies of evidence and we'll link to a, a couple of studies in our show notes. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with our guest recommendation segment where we ask our guests to recommend one thing that's related to um, uh, elderly nursing homes more on the health side. And this can be a book, a movie, a song, uh, a painting, whatever. And then we'll ask for <laughs> something that's any topic or uh, free for all rec so what do you got on the elder or yeah, the elder side
1: uh i would say i don't have necessarily a book recommendation but you know having a be a care, a personal caregiver to my grandma who has alzheimer's we do a lot of songs and a lot of it is like within the uh, 60s 70s era um so I would say the song recommendation is, as, I believe it's called Smile, but I, I don't have my phone with me. But it's a song that my grandma and I sing. That's one Smile. Uh, sing a song. Um, a lot of the aba stuff that we always like, kind of listen to, or, or she likes to listen to. Um, and then anything else out of sorry, like literature resources. Um, nothing that comes up to mind specifically. I always like to. Try to tell my seniors that you know YouTube is definitely a great way to <laughs> a great resource for them as well too. If they're trying to figure out something um, in regards to that, um, I think there's a lot of information in there. So hopefully that was uh, that was enough for people to uh, able to take on.
0: Yeah, and the smile is is it Charlie Chaplin?
1: It's a it's um I'm trying to let me put it up on my phone right now. Okay, we're
2: good.
1: It's a very it's a classic. Have you heard of this before?
0: Uh, I don't think I have. Stefan, have you? No, but I'll never forget it. <laughs>
1: how are you guys meet? <laughs> All,
0: right. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, it was good, good chatting you. And how can people find you?
1: Yeah. Um, again, you are mo- anyone is more than welcome to connect with me uh, via LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and I'm sure you'll, you'll display how to spell my name with an F not a pH. Um, but you know, I am a person that loves to connect with people who are passionate about digital literacy and around education for older adults. And so if there's any opportunities and synergies, I'm more than welcome to, um, more than happy, I'm sorry, more than smiling, happy to, uh, connect with them and, and learn how we can work together.
0: And c a r e v o c a c y C A R E V O C A C Y.com. Yes. Head there, learn more about Stefano and, and his work. And, and thanks so much. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what you come up with next.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Eric. And thank you, Stefan.